Do we need an intro? See, that's what I didn't know. Yeah. Like we should. And Eli, did you hear what Eli put together for us? I did hear what Eli put together for us. Did you put it on? I did put it on. I just figured I had to put it on there. I don't know. Yeah, so like, I feel like I like that beat, but I like the, the... the second two thirds of it. Yeah. The first third, just the dun dun dun, it seems a little slow. A little, a little slow, a little like a little too chill. Yeah. Like it's like um um it's like a sleep track. <laughs> sleep track. <laughs> so the second half though, I thought was pretty I liked it. I liked the rhythm, you know. So he if he could do that. So funny enough, that's actually he sent me two tracks and they're both slow intros like that. And so what I did is I kept the front half of just one, and then I combined them for the second half, which is why it's a lot more intricate in the second half. Okay, because see, it's technically two beats overlaid. I thought that when when I first listened to it, I was like, "Sounds like two different rhythms." It is, you know. So you but laid, it picked it up a little bit. That's why I did it. I like that too. Yeah, I like the idea the the little bit of a picked up speed. It doesn't have to be long. No. Obviously, it's just got to be you know a little, and and we could do it. Right as we start talking. Yeah. You know, just like kind of background. Faded in. Yeah, faded in. Um, real simple. Or faded out. Yeah. Yeah, yeah you do the, the maestro. The maestro. Yeah, you can do that. They have this cool one that's actually built in, and I know this isn't technically part of the podcast. I'll flag this, but I don't know how loud this is, which is actually cool, but it really just depends on the name we're going with, right? Right? That's so, like, boilerplate. <laughs> that's like... that's. Like, but then that's something you can just be like, Fade out. You know what that reminds talking. me of, though? It reminds me of Friends. <laughs> <laughs> it's like some, some like fucking nineties sitcom, sitcom kind yeah, of thing. That's true. And it's like, oh, that's dun, probably dun, 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 dun. <laughs> that's probably where they got it from. <laughs> probably it's just ripped it from some some sitcom intro that was never utilized. So Road paid him like ten bucks, and like we're gonna put this on our thing for free. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. There's some dudes like, hey, we just want to, you know, they. The, the guys in that industry that make those beats, I didn't realize how big of an industry that is. There's guys that, like, they get soundboards, and they just mess with them all day long. They fuck around, make different beats. And then they'll sell them, um, or they'll put them out there as, as copyrighted mm-hmm. beats. And then... Uh, you can buy the rights to them. Yeah, and I there's this guy that I heard, heard this interview with this guy, and he um, he's, like, in his 20s, and he's making these crazy beats. And, I mean... I know it's technically difficult to create these beats and you got to have good rhythm, but it's a, it's a machine. He's not doing it with his hands, you know, and it's like, it doesn't have to have a microphone cause it's all built into this machine. And he's selling them for like millions of dollars to Jesus. rappers for like a, a five second beat. <laughs> you know, it's, it's a five second beat that, that like they put on their track. And so they were listening to this guy's um, catalog of, of like, parts of the songs that he's created and people use them in their music and and they'll so they'll play a song it's like go to like minute one one minute 15 seconds so they'll go to 115 and and then it's like yeah that's me and it's like that's me wait a minute <laughs> like da 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 pa is you <laughs> it's like how is that even how is that a thing that someone's going to get paid five hundred thousand dollars for but it's it's like, I, 
it's interesting because I had this conversation with Stephanie a lot where it's like, what's the value of your art? You oh, know? sure. You know, and it's just like, it's, the value is, it's like what somebody's willing exactly. to pay. Exactly. You know, and, and, and it's a, it's, that's why it's really fucking hard to be an artist, I think. And at the same time, if you get lucky, you get, you get the right voice behind you, you get the right endorsement behind you, or, or you just make that one sale that somebody's willing to pay like $25,000 for a painting sell one at $25,000 and all of a sudden everybody else that spends $25,000 on paintings are like, Oh, who's this new player in the market? That guy, wasn't there a guy who duct taped a banana to a, to a wall? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That's like, I mean, expressionist or some shit, but regardless of the form or the style, someone paid for it. I know. Yeah. Somebody paid for it. And so that's even, uh, even does that sound okay? Yeah, it sounds yeah. good. Um, that, to me, that's like kind of insulting to artists that that are fine painters or are really good photographers or musicians who who take hours and hours and hours of their of their craft that they've used and learned over twenty thirty years of of of, of grinding to get to this point where they can create this masterpiece. And some dude takes a banana and fucking duct tapes it to a wall <laughs> and he's and he gets a spot in the some gallery. Yeah. But <clears throat> someone bought it. That's the point. Somebody bought it, man. It's it, and the thing is, like, what do they gotta replace a banana like every what? Well then didn't someone just walk up and eat the banana? Yeah, somebody <laughs> did. It's like some kind of Banksy shit or something. I know that's an huh? old story, but but it's re- it's true. That's fucking crazy. Yeah, I don't that, that just there's way too much money in the world. That's that's a fact. That's a fact right there. Like, and the fact, and you said something. You said, and I tr- I wholeheartedly believe this. It's worth whatever someone's willing to pay for it. And I think we're gonna get into that today. Oh yeah, really? Okay. How do, you, how do you mean? There's a recent story, and you'll know it once we talk about it. Okay. It's well, all about what it, people are doing right now. Well, what first is? we got to do this intro. Oh yeah, we got to do an intro. Okay. <clears throat> hey everyone, welcome to the podcast. I am one of your two hosts, Kyle Crosby, sitting across the table from me, as always, Mr. Ike Lamon. Ike, what's up, brother? What's up? What's up? Another day, another conversation. Yeah, man. That's what I like about this. Yeah. This conversation. Conversation. That's the name, man. The conversation. I'm. Sh- I'm positive someone has. There's 25 of them. I'm sure. Yeah. But it's like. I, I don't know anything better. We talked about that. I'm sorry. I'm going into this already, but no, we need to name this. Yeah, thing. I, I know. And, and so, so, uh, here's the, here's the thing. I think about like some little catchy little name, you yeah. know, and it's like, uh, uh, if somebody we know wants to find a podcast that we did, or we're doing, can they just look up? They can't look up Kyle Crosby. They can't look up Ike Lamb and they, they got to look up this little name and 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 it's like is it just is it just too much fluff yeah so that's my that's my worry it's like are we don't we trying to make it fluffy i don't know the metadata behind searching for podcasts yeah i don't know either i just want to make it easy i do too because i've thought about different things too right like we have this stupid fa- phrase obey the yeti mm-hmm. yeah stupid meaningless mm-hmm. kind of like these conversations but not <laughs> well, well that's the whole thing yeah i mean it's got to mean something to us yeah 
You know? Well, then I thought drumming. Yeah. Drum in? Or drum, drum in. Or drum, drumming. Drum in. Drum in. Like the drum in. Yeah. How? Uh, I don't um, know if that takes away from, I mean, that's a direct rip from our league. Right. I know. I, I, I don't know how much of that's going to apply. True. You know, it's like if, if it's going to be the drum in podcast, people are going to see, oh, drum in. Yeah. I don't even know. What's it, what's it with the drum thing? You the, know? the intro would be welcome to the drum in the podcast that has absolutely nothing to do with drums. Right, Simply exactly. conversations. Uh, other than maybe a soundtrack <laughs> we might drop in at the very beginning that has the drums. We'll talk about drums, I'm sure, at some point, but it's like not going to be a... I was a drummer in high school. You were? Yeah. I was a drummer middle in middle school. Middle school. Middle yeah, school. Me, I should say middle school. Me too. For, for one year. I realized how much commitment it took to be a, a good drummer. And I yeah, like, I've got uh, a kit in my basement. My little guy likes to bang on it every once in a while. I think I've seen, have I seen a video of that or no? Probably. That I have. You know, it's like this quintessential thing about a middle-aged white guy with a drum kit in his basement. I mean, it's just, <laughs> it's a, it's like a must. It's like, <laughs> it's like, were you a drummer in high school? Yeah, I was. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I, I've never wanted the drum kit in the basement only because like, I just, I, it's one of those things, when I was in school, I wanted a drum kit so bad. I, I dialed it all in, asked my dad for all the money. It's like, it was going to be like two grand or something. And he's just like, well, how, how long are you going to play this? I'm like, I don't know, forever, you know? And then six months into my, my eighth grade year, it's like, mm, no. You're out. You're not playing drums. So I'm glad I did not. I played play. it. I, pre- I played it quite a bit. Uh, I remember I got it for Christmas one year. I woke up like 3 a.m., 3.30 a.m., and boom, bang. It was set up already. I mean, it was set up incorrectly, but my dad didn't know what he was doing and set it up how I wanted it. Uh, bang, way to boom, throw your dad bang, under bang, the bus, bang. man. Sorry. <laughs> he won't listen to this. <laughs> no. So how old were you? So I had been in band playing just like the snare and then the, the kit at school for a couple years, so I'd probably be, have been 12 or 13. Okay. And I took some private lessons and things like that. I had a couple really good friends who really, um, I mean, they mastered it and they went deep with it and they're like, that's their careers now. Really? Yeah. Shit. Yeah, like a couple musicians, <clears throat> uh, one, one guy who was a neighbor, but also a good friend who was working at the UW in their, in their, you know, drum stuff. And it's just. Hey, you, how do you, what do you mean working at UW in their drum stuff? Like, like he works with, uh, the band at UW as like. A Marching teacher, band? like, oh, like oh, a okay. professor. Oh, a drum professor. Yeah. Nice. So I mean, you hear him play, and it's like, yeah, dude, that's that's fucking legit. So does he play, like, fucking rock and roll drums? Plays anything. Anything. Okay. Yeah. You There's know, people who are just way more musically talented than me. That's what I realized. Is it, you know, I think that there are people that I've met. I was just talking to a guy yesterday about it. That like he plays a guitar and he says I've been playing since thirteen, self-taught, all these things, and he's like it's just more of a form of therapy for me. And I'm like God, it's like I tried to play guitar one time, I took lessons and I, I never practiced. You know, I got home and it's just like I didn't even like. I think I'm too flighty or something. Hmm. You know, it's like he said, well, you got to sing while you're playing guitar. He says then it helps you connect to it. He's like, and then and then you're gonna want to do it more because I like to sing. I would sing when I'm in a car, sing whenever, but. I don't, uh, um, I don't play guitar at the same time, so maybe I got to try that. I don't know. My one of my favorite comedians who is now passed, Mitch Hedberg, has a hilarious joke about guitars. So he's Mitch Hedberg. If you haven't heard Mitch Hedberg, go listen to him. He's just one-liners all okay. day. I mean, all day long. That's like like Rodney Dangerfield one-liners or like just all over the place one-liners. Like 
no connection to each other. Like there's no storyline behind it. He just literally stands there and drops one-liners. Anyways, one of his one-liners is, I taught myself how to play guitar, but I was a shitty teacher since I didn't know how to play <laughs> to begin with. Somebody that I just butchered his joke. I yeah, apologize. That's okay. That's okay. But I the moral of the story is he didn't know how to play to begin with. So he's a pretty shitty teacher. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's a shitty teacher. But yeah. So it's um, playing, playing guitar and playing, playing drums. It's like, it's a, I always look up to those people. Me too. It just feels so good. To like, don't you just want to be the guy who can whip out an acoustic guitar on the a campfire and be like, hell yeah, let's bring it around. <laughs> I I used to want to be that guy, Kyle. <laughs> For, there was a time in my life when, when I was like, you know, because there's always the dude at the party that can play guitar. Yep. And it's like, you know, next thing you know, like you're at the party and there's 25 dudes <laughs> in the kitchen standing around a bottle of Jägermeister. It's like... Where'd all the girls go, man? <laughs> They're all in the living room with some dudes fucking serenading them with the guitar. And I'm like, motherfucker, who's this son of a bitch? Just like, ah. And and so it's like, I, for that reason, I was like, oh, man, I need to learn how to play guitar because I want to be that guy. Yeah. But it's like, no, I really, like, I don't want to be that guy. Yeah. Like, 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 I want to, I would love to be able if I'm sitting at a campfire and some other people are like passing a guitar around and playing a song, I'd like to be able to, to partake, you know, um, in the, in the connection and the camaraderie around the music and to be able to, to like, uh, hang and to be able to create something cool in the moment. Yeah. You know? Well, kind of taking this conversation back, that's why I thought of the drum in for a podcasting because like looking up the history of drums, like anyone can play a drum, especially the hand drums we play, right? Mm, They're yeah. pretty basic, even yep. if you can't keep a beat. But the whole mindset behind a drum circle was to be inclusive, to have everybody be able to be a part of it and play a role in the overall sound, even without talent. And nobody's role is more important than an, another person's. And so it's an interesting history, and it's it's a history that, I mean, hand drums or percussion in general is goes back it was like 500 bc or even more than that mm -hmm. yeah they've been around drums have been around for a long time and they've they've held so many purposes so i don't know define what do you mean you're you're, you're schooling me right now i want to i want to uh, schooling you via wikipedia <laughs> hey man whatever just it's you just just keep rolling i want to know like what do you mean various purposes so like you know uh ceremonial Starts of ceremonies, uh, starts of battles, just general meditations. I mean, drums and drum beats have just been used over the course of human history for any musical purpose. I don't know. It's just... Yeah. It's a very universal instrument. Well, you think about, like, little kids. That's what I always think about, like, drums and, and like... Kids just like, they love banging on shit, man. It's like, my kids were, were babies. Like, you could give them a wooden spoon and a couple pots and pans, and they would just sit there and bang on them because it's like, love making noise, you know? And, and at some point, I think in a person's brain, this is some, some information that I have no idea if it's accurate or not, that I think that you start to put together a rhythm. Yeah. You know, it's like, oh, that kind of sounded cool. Bang, bang, bang. Bang, bang, bang. Or bang, bang, boom. You know, it's a different rhythm. And, and I think 
I think people are different in a way. It lights up their brain different. I bet you there's some kind of study with brain scans of people listen to music and their brains light up differently when they're when they're making a rhythm than they do when you know when they just find find that moment. Um, but but I've I personally like I loved drums when I was in middle school. Didn't pick up another drum all through high school. Um, and then uh, when I met my first wife. Her, um, her mother did uh, these retreats at Hollyhock Island and outside uh, on the coast of Washington. And she brought home these these djembe drums. And it's, that, it's like the ones we play, the mm-hmm. African djembe drum. Um, and uh, I started banging on one. I'm like, oh, this is sweet. Like, I love the sound. I love the way it feels. I love how I can change the sound. And so she had kind of introduced me reintroduced me to drumming but totally introduced me to djembe drums because you don't see djembe drums in a band right you know you see congos maybe um but you don't see djembe's like i never did anyway um and so as uh i i experienced that with her and i and i i got another one of my own and then she bought me a she brought me a didgeridoo but it's made out of pvc pipe never it was like it was pretty sweet. Like some dude melted it and shaped it a little bit mm. and painted it, and it was it was pretty cool. Um, so I learned to play that. Not really well. I could I couldn't do the circular breathing. That's so <laughs> fucking hard. Can you can you do any wind instruments like that? No, dude. <clears throat> yeah, I, I mean I have a recorder. And I can't even play that. <laughs> fucking recorder, man! You're like the one dude that still has a recorder. Real, like you. I legit have it. I don't know why. Is it is it from like school? Yeah, it's like from no fourth way. or fifth grade. Who? I, you're the first person I ever met in my life that held on to their recorder from school. Like I don't, most parents are like, break that fucker over their knee <laughs> and throw it in the garbage. I don't think it was a conscious effort. I mean, it was just it's in a a tote. And so when my wife and I bought our house. My dad promptly brought a truckload of stuff and said, "This was yours in our basement. Take it." Oh yeah, that's that's a rite of passage, right? There, and. Yeah. Uh, I, and there was a couple totes that just had random shit in it, like yo-yos and juggling balls, which I never practiced with, and a fucking recorder. <laughs> really? And that stupid pleather sleeve and everything. Yeah. Oh, the the oh yeah 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 the the little plasticky. Yeah. yeah. What is it with that? Like I don't know. that's like why is that the instrument of choice? Like who signed a deal with the recorder maker that said for the rest of all time. Every student in the world is going to learn how to play a recorder. You know, that's a great question because there's so many better instruments. There, there really are, and it's like, and kids fucking hate the recorder, and yeah. parents hate listening to it in the yeah. like in the like in the, in the evening, and the kids got to practice. Re- oh, it's even when it sounds good, it doesn't, it doesn't sound good. Sound good, <laughs> it just doesn't. No, even if you know what you're doing, it doesn't sound good. Like maybe they're just cheap, and that's why because they. They're plastic. They're cheap. Mass produced. Yeah, yeah. It's, but hell, give a kid a harmonica. That's at least more enjoyable to listen to. Yeah, and and it's a uh, smaller, easier. It's it's smaller. It's easier. And and, and I, there's something about it that's like I don't know. Maybe if every kid in the world got a harmonica when they're in fifth grade, maybe they wouldn't be as cool True. as they are now. But it's like, God damn, that recorder is like it's too much. It's <laughs> too much. It's it's like. You know, it's like we're gonna see. Maybe it's like the 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 breaking point for kids to like. It's the easiest way to find out if they're if they're interested in music at all. Sure. How many musical careers were ruined by a recorder, though? Like, how many kids are like? That's a great question. You know, it's but, like, hey, how many were started? <laughs> 
two. <laughs> exactly two. <laughs> exactly two. I can name him. It's Billy Jeffries in the third grade. And now he's a he's a what's a dude with the curly hair that that plays the the flute and the and the oboe and shit. What's his name? I have no. I have no clue. Yeah, dude, you know who he is. It's, it's like it's not Michael Bolton. It's somebody else. A real skinny guy. I can picture him. I can picture oh, him, but yeah. I have no idea his name. It's like. Uh, and Ron Burgundy, yeah, <laughs> jazz flute. That's where he learned. I'm not. I don't know. I'm not into like. I'm stuck in my ways regarding music. How do you mean? Like I listen to the same stuff I listened to growing up. I have not expanded my musical horizons like at all. Like, what kind of music do you listen to? I listen to just about everything. Yeah, just about everything. I like I like really old shit. Um, I like I like. Sinatra and I like BB King and I like Sam Cooke and I like Aretha Franklin. I also love um Shine Down. I love Chris Stapleton. Um I like I like 80s and 90s country cuz I grew up on it. Mm-hmm. 80s and 90s rock. I grew up on that. Um and uh and then I don't I got I can't I like the the more modern music. I'm not a top 50 kind of guy. Yeah. I I I generally don't do that much. Um Usually it's like I, I like yeah I, go ahead I've got my old standards anyway I, I no I'm just like I can listen to it and I can appreciate it to some extent but if I want to just chill and listen to music I find myself always going back to what I know and for me that's 90s or early 2000s alternative I'm talking Chili Peppers mm-hmm. Pearl Jam oh yeah uh, you know, Green Day you got no nope, I was no not Green a Green Day, Day guy nope. no Alice in Chains some okay. some Linkin Park. So, so not like so much garage band. Right. Yeah, yeah. I, I like Nirvana and stuff like yeah, that. Okay. Absolutely. I used to be huge into them. Right. On. Well, but it's, it's like there's just a key, like five or six bands that I listen to and I like, or like that one genre that I can listen to anything. And it's just, I don't know. I feel like there was, and this is totally wrong, and I get that. Did, well, define but, wrong. It's, no, it's I'm, what I was going to say was I feel like there was an emotionalness and a realness to that 90s stuff that I listen to and like a deepness that I just don't get with modern stuff because you lived it. And that's probably what it is. Yeah. Right. Yeah, totally. It's like those like, so I grew up listening to to country when I was a kid. And so it's like when a, when a Garth Brooks song comes on, I fucking feel it from my head to my toes. Mm. Like, and I can sing every word and I can feel every emotion. And I watched the video a hundred times. I listened to it on the radio. Dude, I had cassette tapes. In my cassette player, waiting for that radio to play yep. that song. Record that record, shit. baby. That's what I did. I had like a whole stack of them. You know, what were those DB90s or whatever? They're st- you know, it's still in the plastic and it nice. looks so organized. All the labels were in the right direction. But I think that's totally what it is. It's like that you lived it. Like you lived that angst. You lived that time period in your life. And it, and it was what the world was living. And so you were so tapped into it. And, and now it's like it's a different feeling out there and so it's different music and i i will say um if something i i, I know what you mean i don't i don't feel the same way about music today right. as i did then i i don't know what that takes i don't know what that um if people like like stephanie she listens to a lot of new music she's always like oh i just downloaded this new album and this is really awesome don't you love this song and i'm like yeah it's, it's got a good sound to it but i, I can't connect to it right you know is that because we're, like, shut off? <laughs> I don't know. See, that's what I, I don't know. I just can't get into it. 
I don't know what that is. I think you're right, though. I think you're on something. It's probably a, a lived perception or or whatever, and it's just ingrained when you were super probably impressionable. You know? Yeah, well, how many... Teenage years, it was just all those hormones and shit flowing around, and that's what you were vibing on. Yeah. And that's what sticks with it. So remember that when your kids become teenagers. Yeah. That, that, that what you just said right there. Because I, I didn't do that very well. You can't I, listen to this. You gotta listen to this. <laughs> no, 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 not that. Like when when they when they're when their hormones are flying around, and they're vibing, and there's like all this emotion in their music and everything. It's a, what they're jamming on right then. As a as a dad, looking back at my boys when they were feeling all these crazy emotions and all these things, I I it's one of the things that like you know you don't get a manual. You know, but it's like, it's like, I want to, I want to keep them on the right path and I want to do these things and set them up for good things. And, and when they, they kind of went into this little phase, not little, I don't want to, not to diminish it. When they went into this moment in their life, when their emotions were all crazy and their hormones are crazy and they're pushing back on everything and they're trying to figure out what the fuck this all means. And like, you know, they have a girlfriend and at that moment, she's like the most important thing mm-hmm. in their life. And, and I thought like it was my job to, to sit there with them and be like, be like, listen, I know you feel this way, but she's not the most important thing in your life right now. Like, like you're going to meet other people and you're going to do other things and you're going to have other interests and passions. And, and it was like, they didn't want to hear any of that shit. They didn't want to hear any of it. They were just more, they were, they were like, this is where I'm at and fuck you. You know, they didn't say fuck you, but they, I felt it. And, and, and so I would. I just kind of would push back on that. So anyway, when when you have teenagers, now I realize I can look back to when I was a teenager and be like, fuck, like I was a mess inside, you know? And 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 I have to honor that, that my kids are a mess inside too. And, and the young men we have in this room over here, when we do our group, all these tangents I'm going on right yeah, now. Yeah, you're man. good. Um, but uh, it's... It's it's a very real situation, I guess, in, in that sense that that just remember that when your kids are, are teenage boys, what you're feeling right now when you're thinking about the music you were in, like every emotion is like on level twenty, you know, and it's very real. Right. Even though in our minds as fathers, so twenty years removed from that situation, it doesn't seem real. We just want to show them that it's not real, and it is. I agree. I remember very clearly. The feelings I had as a teenager. Not a lot of them were good. Mm. I'll be honest. Yeah. Uh, but I can remember that. And I, part of me wants to think that experience and those feelings or thoughts is why I do what I do. To kind of mm. reflect on that and help guide those young men yeah. into getting past that. But so I think that's a, that's another conversation for later. Well, hang on though. This is interesting though. This it's it's there's something that's you know you asked me what I've been jiving on right, and uh, and I and I heard this guy say hurt people hurt people, and then he said healed people heal people, and 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 there's like there's something really beautiful to that 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 like you almost. In order to be somebody that can open yourself up to somebody and and in that vulnerable way and to be there for them and to and to help guide them 
and 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 ask answer questions and be a shoulder for them in a way that's not judgmental that's that's going to be the rock they need at that time you kind of have to have gone through that shit you have to have gone through it know what it felt like and understood what you needed when that happened and maybe you didn't get it and and so like you said and it's, it's fucking awesome because it's so true it's like the experiences that you had when you were a young man, and I can say for the same for myself, the experiences I had as a young man and the emotional feelings I felt that were not good, that were difficult, that made me struggle, that made me at times like question my my willingness to, to be on this earth. There's, to be in that place helps me understand when someone else is in that place. Yeah. You know, and what they what they might need to hear or maybe just what they might need for someone just to sit next to them and just listen, you know, um, those things that maybe we didn't get at that time and, and not at any fault of anybody that was raising us or influencing us. No, I, I can tell you in, in my specific case, I don't think, uh, I would have let my parents try and help me. Mm. I think I was pretty much isolated in what I was feeling to my own detriment. Yeah. Right. I, mm -hmm. uh, oh yeah. So not that I don't think there was a willingness or a desire to be there as parents. And, and they were right. They were, I have both parents and they're, they're wonderful and amazing. And, um, but again, looking back at those years, there's like a purposeful isolation. Suffering. Suffering. Yeah. Yeah. It's weird. It is. It, it's weird. But at the same time, it's it's really not because in our suffering, I think we feel so much, right? Like, like when you're a kid, and 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 it's like you just you want to feel like you're alive. You know, what's the purpose? What's the point of all this bullshit? You know, it's like. But when you're suffering, you're feeling something. Mm -hmm. You know, um, there was a uh, there were some kids when I was growing up that they cutters they would cut their arms with razor blades. It's, I remember this. You remember? Do you ever have kids like that when you're in school? ever see that yeah yeah what you're talking so it was uh uh and i didn't it's like wow i don't understand that you know i don't get it but then but then at the same time when i would go home and i was really struggling and i was in a bad place i would just sit in a room and i'd blare my speakers really loud and 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 maybe i didn't do what they did but at the same time it's it's like it's their their version of their outlet for their suffering because they just want to feel alive something to make me feel something other than than this emotional pain mm -hmm. you know and uh and 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 to say that you know maybe maybe you wouldn't have let anybody in at the time anyway or maybe you know, not your folks i feel the exact same way my folks were not the people i wanted to talk to if anybody it wouldn't have been my folks you know because they're the man you know, they're the ones keeping me on the straight and narrow or telling me I got to do this and telling me I got to do it. Why would I make myself vulnerable to them? Because they're not going to care. You know, right. when they cared the most, just can't see it. You know, that's, that's, I think that's one of the biggest, the biggest mind fucks of having, being a teenager is, is like your, your, your immediate guides and, and being a father and a, and a parent is that as, as the immediate guide, there's such a disconnect because you live in two different worlds now, you know? So to find someone that lives in that same world as you, it's like, I think that's why grandparents are so fucking awesome 
because grandparents are beyond that middle world where they're struggling every single day to pay the bills and, and make sure the windows are closed and the AC is not too cold and all these things. And it's like all these little things just to keep the fucking wheels on the bus. Then when you're a grandparent and you're retired and, and, and then you don't have to think about that shit anymore, you can kind of regress back to those days where it's like, what are the little things, you know, what are these, these, these little things that, that cause deep emotion that I don't ever, it's like, it was all surface before that. You know, I think that's how, that's why grandparents can connect to their grandkids so well. Yeah. Grandparents are pretty awesome. Fuck, man. I will say, awesome. as I've grown up and matured, I do regret. I don't, regret's maybe the wrong word. I wish I wasn't so shitty to my parents. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. Like, and I'm, I'm trying to think now on the spot, if I've ever just said sorry, and that, I don't know if I have to be sorry necessarily as a teenager. But you look back on some of the stuff I've done, specifically as a teen, and the, the hell I've put my parents through. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. I really hope, now having kids, that that doesn't come back and get put on me. It's going to. It's, I, I can't say, obviously for sure you can't say it's going to, but on some level, even if it's not at the same level that you experience, you're going to be like, fuck, this is payback. Yep. You will. Because it's like it always, I mean, because they're kids and, they, and they're going to have the emotions. They're going to go through that difficult time, you know. And I think really what it's going to boil down to, I think what, what I've experienced is like how well you handle it will dictate how much hell they put on you, you know. It's like. It's like if you can handle it in an open-minded way and understand that they're teenagers going through some difficult shit and, and present yourself in a way where you can be trusted. And, and oh man, as, as a fucking parent, it's so fucking hard to be the person that they're going to trust because you have to give up the... I feel like you have to give up all of the trappings of the, of the um, structure that you're trying to create for your child to grow up in sure. in order for that level of trust to be built. And then... In my mind, it was always becoming the danger of becoming your kid's best friend. Right. You know, and it's what, like, what's the balance? Right. Where's the balance point? And I think it's really hard. And I think that's why, I think that's why it's so important for community mentors, for people in, 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 in community and grandparents and, and connection to, uh, to other, other parental figures. Like when I was a kid, I didn't connect to my dad. And I was walking around downtown acting like an asshole, dropping cuss bombs and, and, and with my friends and throwing rocks at shit and doing things we shouldn't be doing. Some dude who I didn't even know would walk up and grab me by the back of my fucking shirt and say, what the fuck are you doing? Knock that shit off. And it's like, who's your father? You know, it's like, oh, fuck. You know, everybody was watching back then. You know, it's like as a, as a community, you know, I grew up in a small community. You know, it's like 1,200 people. But it's like if, if you're a community-minded community and every kid in the community is your kid to a degree, you feel comfortable walking up to a kid and saying, hey, cut that shit out. Who, what the hell are you doing? I think that there's, a, it's like, there's more room for kids to be accountable, you know, on a greater scale, where if, if the community doesn't step in, and act as as the pseudo parent other than teachers what you know i think it leaves too much room for parents to like you're 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 covering every single base all the time and then you can't you can't do that right you know 
It's like uh, kids are going to mess up. They're going to do things that, that are going to stretch the limits. You did it. I did it. My kids did it. Your kids are going to do it. But it's like you can't be there all the time, you know. And there's times when someone else is going to be around. And, and, God, I just, for me, I always hope, like, someone would just yell at my kid if he's doing something stupid, you know. Do you think, here's a question. Times are different, obviously. Mm, right? Yeah. Do you think community members can even do that now? And if they could, here's the flip side. Do you think kids would even respond? No, not, not the same. I, I think a certain, uh, uh, maybe a small percentage of kids would respond. Um, and I think more on the younger side, you know, maybe they would respond. But um, but no, it's a different world. It's a totally different world now. And, and, and yeah, I get your point, And I agree with that 100%. Where it's like, it's not the same. But, but. Well, yeah, I feel like if I was in the, if I was downtown and I saw something like that and I tried to say something, there's a really good chance that either a, that parent who's not paying attention and letting happen is going to yell at me and think I'm the bad guy Yep. or B the kid pending the age is going to have the attitude. I'm going to get told off by a 12 or 13 year old mm -hmm. and they're going to continue on. And then I'm going to probably struggle really hard to either not escalate it or to just not care anymore. Those are my two options. But here's the thing though. It's not the only two options. So, so, and I think that's the difference between now and, 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 and those, the before times. <laughs> I heard somebody fucking call pre-COVID the before times. The before I'm like, times. I'm like, was this some Lord of the Rings? Well, I'm not even, something? and I'm not even talking pre-COVID. I'm talking no, in the last 10 years. And, and I know, I, I agree. I'm just saying that was my, I kind of went yeah. off a little bit there. Sorry. Um, but yeah, so, so there's a, the third option is what, this is the hard part. It's right. It's like, it's like, how do you show up every single day? And can you maintain that within yourself to show up like this every single day? So if you see this kid being an asshole, say he's throwing rocks at a dog, you know, and it's like, hey, don't fucking throw rocks at the dog. What are you, what are you doing that? Maybe you don't even say it like that. You're like, hey, man, that's not cool. Don't do that. You know, and if some kid's like, fuck you, you know, you, you don't have my dad. It's like, I know, but that's just wrong. And then the dad comes up and he's like, he's like, what are you doing? Talk to my kid. Don't talk, you know, all that shit that you can envision happening. It's like you can not care, like you said. It can escalate, and you can get in the dad's face, and then it turns into this thing you really don't want it to be. And, I, and you're like, God, why didn't I just mind my own business? But at the same time, we need people in our society when they see something wrong to fucking say something. Yeah. You know, it's like, uh, I don't, I'm going to say it. Have the fucking balls to say this is wrong. And stand by that this is wrong. And tomorrow, it's still wrong. Even though it seemed futile at the time, it's still wrong. And you still got to say something. Because if you're one voice saying this is wrong, someone else is going to be inspired to say that's wrong too. You know, And you might not get the population to get behind you and say it's wrong because it's scary. It's scary to put yourself out there. It's scary to maybe we get confronted with somebody. And you know, it's like, yeah, you don't want to you don't want to escalate. You don't want to you don't want to create a situation with somebody cuz you're not trying to like tell some dad he's a bad father. You know, it's like but he's taking that as a judgment, you know, because that's the place he's in. But at the end of the day, when they get home and you get home, for me, I'm going to feel better 
that at least I said something, you know, and this isn't something that I can say I do all the time. This is like, this is an aspiration of mine to be that guy because I feel, I have felt the same way you feel. There's only two options, but we need more people that are willing to say that's wrong. Yeah. You know, it's, and, and I think there's a line, right? Like there's a stereotypical older person <laughs> who's going to say something about anything. Get off of my grass. And, it's, and the, the level of importance be t- behind saying something on that side is probably minuscule. What we're talking about is like an ethical or a moral right yes. or wrong. Yeah. You're not being a Karen. No. No. Well, that's just, you know, my boss's name is Karen, so maybe we should not oh, say it. Well, I mean, I know it. it, it okay, so so I'll do respect to Kyle's boss, Karen. She, yep. she's, hey, Karen. she's not a Karen. Uh, and, and 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 maybe like I don't know. I feel bad for people named Karen because they got yeah, this moniker put on them, and it, it's like, but it's 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 pop culture. And 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 if anybody's listening to this right now, it's like you're gonna know what I mean. True. When you say being a Karen, it doesn't mean someone actually named Karen. It's it's being a kind of person, unfortunately, that that got enabled. You know, was named Karen. What's what's the like? There's this. How did that even start? Uh, I, honestly, like who who was like so, god damn it and they know that one person whose name is karen i think that's it and then they just said you know it just started and it went from there i think my 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 best guess pulling something out of thin air is that i can envision somebody at a restaurant at a, like a fast food place losing their shit because they didn't put mustard on their hamburger and yelling at somebody and screaming, I want to speak to your manager, and you owe me all these things because I'm so damaged because of this, and their name happened to be Karen. <laughs> and it's like, it's so unfortunate, you know? That's like, yeah, it's like, I think there's a dude version of that. I think it's called a Kyle. Oh, F you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, sorry. No, you're good. Um, it, it's interesting not interesting. And this is a total side note. Do you like your name? Mm. I do. I do. Why? Because you have a cool fucking name. I, for a long time, um, I didn't like my name when I was a kid. Yeah. I didn't like it because um, I always got picked on. I, w- I was picked on a lot as a kid. So having a name, my full name for anybody who gives a fuck is Ingemund. It's uh, I-N-G-E-M-U-N-D. Arnaland, A-R-N-A-L-O-N-D, Landman. Um, I say it a lot in our guys group because that's one of our jams that we do. So um, I was named after my great-grandfather, um, Ingeman Hoiseth. Came over to Ellis Island when I was 18. He was like a one of my heroes when I was a kid. But have, having that name, I just went by Ike. Yeah. You know, and it's easier. Everybody called him Ike. And it was like, that was great. I liked Ike. It was like, cool. There weren't very many Ikes, so everybody knew who the fuck Ike was. It was easy. But when I was in school, it would be like the teacher would start muttering through my name at at roll call. And it's just like, I just raised my hand because I knew who they were talking about. And then all the other kids start laughing. You know, it's like, and then they'd start calling me Inga Gong and all these weird names. Mm. And and so for when when I was a kid, it it wasn't a source of pride like it is now. It was uh, it was a source of like it wasn't shame, it was more along the lines of like, like what the fuck? Why couldn't I just get a normal name, you know? Because yeah. because it's like it would would have drawn less attention to me. Yeah. I had enough attention on me already. Well, Kyle's a normal name, and I just I don't know. 
You like your name? Do you, Kyle? Do you like your name? Like, no, no. I don't mind it. It's it's my name. Yeah, but it just I don't know. It's not where, like where, I take where, a lot more pride in my middle name. So my middle name is Jeffrey. Okay. After my dad, um, and I like that. Mm-hmm. And I like I like knowing it has meaning. So why don't you just switch it to Jeff? Because I don't want to change my name. So what I do, though, is so like when I sign off on emails, so I have my, my little signature on my email. But mm-hmm. like when I'm talking to people, I actually know I just sign it off as K. That's my thing. Okay. Dash K. Just dash dash K? Yep. Dash K. That's, uh, uh, do you pronounce the dash or is it just K? You can do whatever you want when you read your emails. Like, I did, So interesting, though, it's like you're, you, you do dash K, but Jeffrey's the name that you do jive on the most. You know? I would never like, I don't, I jive on it knowing that it's named after my father. I don't jive on it in the sense that like, if you started calling me Jeff, like, no, it doesn't. No, fit. no, no, no. I don't, I don't mean that. I don't mean, I wouldn't like, I think that would be so strange. You're yeah, it's, how, that's, how old are you now? 30. That's, how old are you? No, it doesn't fucking matter. How, <laughs> fucking how old are you? 30. I got to think. 32 going on 33. Triple leap here. Yeah. 30, you're, you're 32 going on 33. You can't just. You know, you can just change your name and just go start walking around going, you got to call me Jeff now. I don't mean that. I just mean, like, do you, would you add, like, Kyle Jeffrey? You no. Know? No. 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 I mean, Kyle's Kyle. It's fine. But it, it, it's almost like Kyle. And I guess when you said Kyle's the Karen of those things. I mean, <laughs> oh, man, I was just fucking with you. No, but it, if you ever watch, like memes or things it's always like fucking kyle you know what I mean? he's always like the goat there's there's a kyle there is a kyle out there yeah yeah, yeah. i don't know huh interesting yeah i mean no i'm just i i'm super proud of my name and 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 it's a uh it is a point of um of of pride and, and joy that i carry this family this family name yeah you know um and it, as, as Jeffrey is for you yeah you know it's um it's a, I, I draw a lot of joy from but nobody knows like i mean people know but I like I don't I don't fucking go around saying I'm Ingemund. Like when I right. when I introduce myself to people, it's like, what's your name? It's, my name's Ike. My yep. business card says Ike. You know how many fucking years I had to unfuck my files and my all of my credit cards and it, like all these things I signed Ike for years. And then when I turned eighteen, I kept signing Ike on legal documents. And so then when uh when it would come back to me like who's Ike? Because right here on your license plate or your driver's license, sure. it says Ingeman on it. I'm like, well, that's me. I go by Ike and they're like, you can't do that. <laughs> like, what do you mean I can't do that? It's like, you can't do that. Like, you can't be two people. Like, if you if you want to legally change your name to Ike, fine. But So I, th- there, I think there's a process to have two legal names. So I think, like, actors and actresses do it all the time. Um to, to have two at one time? Yes. Oh, man. So, for so instance, um, uh, I was watching an old interview with uh, Emilio Estevez and his dad, Martin Sheen. Yeah. And they're talking about the names um, and why Emilio didn't change his last name to Sheen and all this other things. Anyways, Martin Sheen was explaining how legally he is still, I don't remember his actual first name, but Estevez, or however you pronounce it, excuse me. And, and, uh, but he also goes by Martin Sheen, so he can sign either way or be called either thing. So there might be a process. Yeah. Or maybe it's just unique to the rich and powerful. I I was thinking, is that just something like people just know that shit? Like, okay, so we know who Martin Sheen is. You know, it's like he can sign his name 
you know, Joe Blow, it's like, okay, we know who that is. It's like if the check says Martin Sheen and he signs a Joe Blow, it's like, we, yeah, I know that fucking guy. You know, I don't know, maybe not, maybe not. No, no. I, I, that's interesting. And, and uh, I, you can, okay, do your research. Do your, do your research. Wikipedia, it's not important shit, to me. Man. I'm just a Kyle. It's not important to me, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm never going to live this shit down. Oh, I need um, to clarify. Huh. So I've talked about not, I've talked about my teenage years and how I treated my parents, and now I'm bashing my name. So I just want to say out loud, <laughs> Mom, Dad, if you ever, for some reason, actually listen to this, I love you very much. <laughs> oh, you said that, though. You did. You said you love your parents. You have great parents. And, I yeah, they know. They know. You would hope so. Yeah, I think they know. I, that's one of those things as kids, I think, as we get older, um, that we look back at what we did as a kid or something we said, and it's like, ah, oh, such a piece of shit to my parents. And it's like, parents are way smart. Like, they mature. They knew, maybe not at that moment, but they know now, you know, I hope, because I, I can put myself in those shoes to look back at the shit my kids did. And it's like, I get it now. You know, it's like, it's all love. Like, that's the whole point of, of all of it. It's just like you're going through your shit, and, and we love you. You know, you were an asshole. You did this. You did that. But we still love you because, you know, we know you're growing and you're changing and you're, you're you know, struggling a little bit. But you've turned into such a fucking beautiful human being, bro. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> see, that's what I'm saying. It's like there's nothing better in a parent's life to see their kids turn into beautiful human beings. The end result isn't half bad. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's not obviously not the end result, well, no, you, you know, right. but it's the, like, you know, yeah, it's like you see them developing into these like good human beings, yeah. you know, it's like, and that's like, that's, uh, was it, it was funny. I was listening to this dude and he's like, he's like, the only reason that we consume calories is to, is to, to pro procreate like in our genetics. That's it. Like this only reason we exist is to procreate and, and continue the, the, the long life of our species. That's it, like at a very basic level. And so when you expand on that to like seeing your kids as adults and it's like, oh, I did, look at that. I did that. You know, like, <laughs> like I, I can't take credit for all of it, but like it, that would You are part me. Yeah, it's like that, you know, <laughs> you wouldn't be there if it wasn't for me, you know. And so, and so, and it's, it's hard to take credit for that shit as a, as a father for me. To look at and be like, God, you know, I didn't do too half bad. It's like, because it's like, I was always so like hard on myself when I still am to a degree. It's like, like how many times I fucked up and what I messed up. And, and it's like, someday maybe I'll forgive myself for the, for the, my failings as a father, you know, because it's like, I can look at my kids and it's like, oh, they're great kids. Then you didn't fail, bro. I, well, right. Exactly. You know, it's like, I, I didn't fail. I had moments where I, where I was imperfect, you know, it's like, but there's no perfect as a father. And it's like, I, I will say like one of my, one of my biggest things that I deal with and I struggle with is, is, uh, uh, when I look back at, um, when I was raising my kids, it's like the mistakes I made and it's, it's, it's judgment, you know, but at the same time I look at my kids now and they're like, they're good kids and they got shit. Like, I had shit. They've got shit. You know, it's, I had a friend of mine. She said, she said, um, when her kids asked her if, if uh, they're going to, she's going to pay for their college. She's like, no, I won't pay for your college, but I will pay for your therapy because that's on me. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, that is Thanks. smart, man. Yeah. It's like, you know, yeah. Mm. Pay for your therapy until you're 26 and get kicked off my insurance. No, she was like full on. She was like, I'll pay for your therapy. 
She's like, because you're going to go through some shit when you become a parent, <laughs> and that's on me because that shit was created when you were a kid because of me. And so, I mean, it's ownership of your fuck-ups, you know, and, and understanding that it's life, and you loved your kids, and you did your best. Well, that's all I can do. Yeah. Hey, I'm going to shift gears on you. Do it. I said uh, it's things are worth whatever you're willing to pay for it. You yeah. want to, you want to pay $400 for some GameStop stock? Oh my God. <laughs> I wish I'd have paid $400 when it was $4. I was, I, my brother, my brother, I just, he's, he lives in, he lives in Texas and he's a awesome fucking dude. And, and he was like, ah, I made some chatter. He's like, and, and, and like, there are people that are on the Reddit all the time and they're watching that shit. And when they saw it happen, Oh, I just somebody's got the balls to drop ten grand on on a on a four dollar GameStop at you know or stock because because seven thousand other people on Reddit are like let's fucking do it. Yep. Oh man, that's crazy. I know millionaires got made like that, and 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 millionaires got dissolved like that too. And there's kind of a little bit of like, yeah, yeah. Why don't you, if you don't mind. Just briefly overview what happened so everyone's up to speed. Okay. Well, who, yeah. Okay, eight, you and me, but yeah, if yeah. someone does listen to this, they might not know. I don't know. Okay. Yeah. It might be 10 years from now. The, the Reddit debacle. Um, so, to the best of my understanding, um, some, uh, there's a, there's a guy named Gil something, but he goes by a different screen name on Reddit. And he's, he was, a. uh, uh, uh he was a, like a, a professional or semi-pro tennis player for a while, or no, he was a he was a long distance runner. Anyway, um, I just read that this morning. That's why I know oh, that. Nice. Um, so he uh, he had this idea to like fuck Wall Street, basically. So Wall Street hedge funds they always publish all their shorts, and a short is when you think a stock is going to really fucking tank, so you borrow the stocks and sell them at a price, promising to sell them are promising to buy them back at a much lower price so you can make a lot of money. Wall Street's been doing this for fucking years and then raking in dough off of failing companies. Um, and, and also, they, they're fucking other people over. You know, they're taking, they're, they're causing disruption in the market, manipulating the market for for people who don't know the market as well as them and don't have the, the clout to manipulate the market. They're just riding it like a wave. Um, these guys are, they're creating the wave. And, uh, and so, um, from what I understand, there's regulations, but they kind of get, there's a, there's a line they walk a lot of times, the hedge funds, and it's like they can, by manipulating things, they're kind of doing what they're not supposed to do, but at the same time, it's, it's a little bit on, on the line still, so they get away with it, and they've been doing it for so long, that it's kind of status quo. So, these guys um, got together on Reddit. Again, I'm going to say this, I, I, don't know all of this information to be 100% factual. I'm just doing my best recollection of what I've read in the past yeah, week. Um, they got together and were like, hey, these guys shorted the stock to the tune of a billion dollars. If we get enough people to fucking hammer this stock, buy as much as we possibly can, these guys with these shorts are going to have to cover the shorts. And by covering the shorts, they're going to lose so much money and these fucking asshole millionaires just deserve it because they've been running this game for so long with no with impunity. So 
Everybody's like on Reddit. And this is kind of the beauty. So here's a crazy thing. I'm going to say something that's kind of fucked up. (laughs) (laughs) That's a great lead. So go for it. (laughs) So one of the things that came out of, I think, personally, Donald Trump being our president is like it, it, it created an emboldening emboldening power of the little man of the guy who was quiet for so many years that didn't feel like he had any power the guy who wasn't a politician who wasn't a big banker who wasn't a big spender a big roller a big player in the in the in the game to realize hey if we get enough of us together we're powerful you know on some levels it turned out really bad you look at what happened to the capital but on other levels like this i think this is uh, kind of a, a ripple effect of, of that whole uh, happening, that whole process of him becoming president and empowering people in that way. Um, so these these guys are like, if we get enough of us together and buy up all the stock, we can fucking bankrupt one of these assholes. That would be the, the greatest thing in the world to, to these guys getting their comeuppance. You know, let's just, let's show them what we can do. And they fucking did it. And they took a $4 stock from November and they put it up the... now. And so every time someone buys more of this stock and the stock price goes up, these guys lose more money, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, And so right now they're, they're, they're doing it to AMC. Nobody's watching fucking movies in theaters right now. Like, like 5% of the theaters or 10% of the theaters are open right now. And AMC stock is going through the roof. Because these people on Reddit are like, fuck, let's do it every, let's do it to all of them, you know. Now, long term, do you, is it only going to kill one hedge fund? Because here's the thing, banks, big banks back the hedge funds. So when the hedge funds go bankrupt to the tune of billions of dollars, the banks have to cover, but the banks can't cover either. So then the banks go bankrupt. So what does that mean for, for, uh, uh, the economy is a greater whole. So there's some people that think that this this could be a cataclysmic event for our economy and uh, worse than 2008. Yeah. Because all of these banks are going to be fucked because the ones that are covering hedge funds anyway, they're all going to go bankrupt. And so when they go bankrupt, all the people that have the money in those banks are fucked because that's where they put their money. That's where, where they bought their bonds and everything else. So is that going to cause a ripple effect? I think it's going to be a ripple effect. I don't know how big. I think it's going to be a ripple effect, but in a different sense. And that's going to be government bailouts and regulations. So you say that with so much, um, uh, let's see, what word am I looking for? You just love it. You'll no, I don't. <laughs> I know you don't. Because <laughs> guess who pays that? We yeah. do. Mm-hmm. So yeah. So short selling a stock, you think the stock is overvalued. You think it's going to decrease. So you borrow the stock, you sell it for, let's say, 50 bucks. And in a month, you have to buy it back from the market. Mm-hmm. But the hope is that you buy it back for less. So you buy it for 20, you give it back to the person you borrowed it from for, and and then you hypothetically made 30 bucks. Yeah. In this case, I think it's called a short squeeze. Yep. So you sold it for, or you sold it for 50, but then these Reddit guys jacked the price up to 400 right. and you're obligated to buy it back for 400. So now you're down 350. Per stock. Per stock. Yeah, and you own thousands or hundreds of—I don't even know how many stocks there are. Well, they so it's a, it's good. It's fucking hilarious. It is. I think that I think it's beautiful. I really do. I think it's the it's the system. It's the system. Uh, the people that have been abusing the system, 
are, are, are getting their due. I think it's, it's, it's time. And I, and I think one of the things that it brought up for me when you said the fucking bailouts and, and the banks are going to get bailed out and all that. So as a, as an economy, as a whole, I think that if we're going to try to, to mitigate a complete and total collapse in some way, the bailouts aren't bad. The problem I have with the bailouts is nobody is held accountable afterwards. So I think if you're going to help a company out and you're going to try to prop up the economy a little bit to try to make sure that we don't lose every single business associated with this bank doesn't bankrupt and tank and lose everything they have. So then you're going to hold them accountable at the end. They, they have to pay back interest on everything they've paid. They, the, the, the people who broke the law or caused the issues that are existing, they have to be held accountable. They got to go to fucking jail. Iceland did it. I think it was Iceland. Maybe it was, I, um, I want to say Iceland. When, when we had a big global economy collapse, they, they, was a, they sent all of their major Wall Street fucks. They put them in jail, every mm. one of them. They held it. There's like three banks. If I, I, I might be just totally wrecking this right now. <laughs> What what are you flagging? <laughs> I know what that means. I might just told me just totally saying this wrong, but I believe it's Iceland, and I believe when the big economy collapse happened, and it was two thousand eight, um, triggered by us assholes here, um, and Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac and that, um, they when those bankers they were abusing the system, they were they were uh, making well I don't even know all the details. All, all I know is that they were held accountable there, and there's like three banks left. And and although you don't want a monopoly on the banking system, the regulations are, the groundwork is such that they can't abuse the system anymore. So accountability, I think, is the biggest yeah. point around any of it. Go ahead. But I don't think that's going to happen. I don't know. I, well, what What's more concerning with this thing, so I think the whole, regardless of how you view it, I think it's hilarious, right? Yep. But what's what's come of it, thus far is what's concerning me and that would be uh the trading at with robin hood oh fuck. shut down trading you can't do that reddit closed down yeah for a couple days that threat like mm. i mean if the whole thing if the argument on one side is that these redditors are manipulating the market mm. what the fuck do you think closing down the ability to buy the stock or sell the stock is doing is doing or shutting down their communication and then what was reddit's shit poor thing they said oh no there's uh hate speech going on here no there's not no fuck you guys you, you the timing of it says something very different than hate speech because if there's hate speech you would have shut it down months ago right well in robin hood their their uh their excuse was that that uh so much so much money was was uh, uh being exchanged and or yeah that they couldn't cover they couldn't cover all the money that they said they had to cover. You signed a contract. You put yourself out there. You said you could cover this much money. You Maybe you didn't ever in your wildest dreams think this was going to happen, but it did. And, and you're now a trading app that deals with stocks, and you got to cover, so fucking cover. Find a bank that you can tap into for a line of credit to cover your ass. You're going to be okay. Or you're fucked and you go bankrupt. Either way, you put yourself in this position. You have to fucking deal with it. They got so scared, I think, 
because Reddit and, and Robinhood and I don't know which one the other one was that paused things for a little bit. It was, there was another one. Um, they're beholden to these billionaires. Yeah. And that's why they did it. They're trying to mitigate the billionaires' losses. So the billionaires got on the phone and said, hey, you better fucking stop this now. Stop the bleed or, or I'm going to pull my money. You know, it's a big fucking threat. I have no doubt. I bet if you, and, and I, I apologize, I don't have this information. This is me speculating. I bet if you dug into it and you looked, you would find a thread from Robinhood to another company. That company being owned by another company and that other company being owned by some very rich billionaire who's yep. controlling all these other companies and has his money at stake right in this other spot. Yep. Yep. And, and you wouldn't even know that you or I would never know where that connection leads to that person, whoever that person is, but they're the ones pulling the strings. Yep. And, and, and this is proving that they're the ones pulling the strings. And this is proving that that's what's so fucked up about our economy is that, is that it's all driven by finance and not, not like not people. It does. It's not about people. It's all about the money every single day. And, and the people with the money have the power and they drive the world right now. And these little guys, this is their fuck you. This is like, this is the power to the people move in a financial way, in my mind. Is they're saying to the billionaires, you know what? We'll find somebody smart enough to play your fucking game to prove to you how morally fucked you are and then fuck you. I'm saying fuck a lot right <laughs> now. But it's it's the truth and it's I I really think it's awesome. I do. What 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 bothers me on another degree is when you hear politicians come out in favor of like, well, you know, I think it's smart that they close things down for a little bit because it was volatile and you, you really, you know, we need some more regulations around it. It's like, wait yeah. a minute. Those people never wanted those regulations on the market. They wanted the free market as much as they could so they could manipulate as much as they could until they're on the losing end of it. Yep. There. The other downside of this whole thing is there's going to be a loser in this. Meaning right now the, the idea is hold the line because this only works as long as you hold the line. Right. But as soon as all those little people who bought stock and it's valued at $350, $400 right now, as long as they start saying, until they, if, let me rephrase this, if they start saying, shit, man, I can make a lot of money and they all start selling, mm -hmm. there's going to be some group of poor chumps who didn't have the money to do this to begin with, mm -hmm. who bought in late, maybe at 200 or 250 and now that stock is worth 10 Right. And they're going to lose a shit ton of money. So whoever's left holding the deck is going to be fucked. So the question is, is it going to be the little guys who made this whole thing happen or a couple of them, or is it still going to somehow be able to be the hedge funds? I think, I think that, so I think that some hedge funds have already been left holding the deck. They're, they're, they're accountable to date for when they bought the stock at $10 and now it's 400 and, and there's a time frame, like you said, that they have to buy that stock back or is it right? They borrowed I think it. it's a month. I'm not 100%. So there's a time frame where they got to, they got to, and maybe they bought it at four back in November. Maybe they bought it, you know, so they bought it in December. You know, they, that's like when they publish these shorts, these hedge funds, and they publish their shorts, so it lets everybody else know what they're shorting, then 
if they shorted it in December and the end of January is their month when they got to buy it back, maybe these guys only want to hold the line till the end of January. You know, if there's a if there's a concerted effort to not fuck the little guy, there'll there'll be some kind of subreddit announcement that says, "All right, everybody, today's the day. Sell your shit." You know, somebody will. You know, and then you're right. Unfortunately, maybe somebody bought in at two fifty because they want to be part of a movement and they put in five thousand bucks when they didn't have five thousand bucks to put in. I think that's kind of like being the kind of guy that's willing to stand up and say that's wrong, even though it might sting a little. Even though when you go to bed at night, it's gonna it's gonna hurt a little bit. You might have to work a little bit harder over the next couple of months to make back your five thousand bucks, but you did something that was right, and you're a part of something that was greater than you. So, if you can look at it that way, then 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 like there's you don't feel sorry for yourself. You don't feel like you got crushed. You feel like you're a part of something that 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 exposed a system that was corrupt, and so you were stepping up and being the bigger person. Um. Yeah, I'm not concerned with those folks. I think they they get in knowing what they're getting into. I'm more concerned with the person who isn't well rehearsed in this stuff, is reading stories, thinks it's great, but doesn't really understand what could or is going to happen. And then they're like, oh, shit, everyone's fucking the big guy. I'm in on that. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm going to get rich. Well, see, that's the thing, though. If if they're if they're walking into it with the motivation of getting rich, well then fuck. They're part of, they're just as big a problem as the big guys. I'm not saying that's not the case. I'm just saying they might not have the knowledge of the market in a general wide sense to know what they're actually getting into. Mm-hmm. And they might be really just taking a group mentality or following a trend like eating a tide pod mm-hmm. and investing money that they don't have or they it's their life savings mm-hmm. and they're gonna lose it. Well, that's, right. that's the risk and that's the downside of this. And it sucks. It sucks. And, but at the same time, there's always going to be losers. Yep. I agree. You know, how about we just have less of them? You know, like, like, like 90% of the people in this area that, that, that are going to be winners and you got 10% losers. It's like, they're always going to be losers and it sucks. Like you don't want anybody to lose, but it's, somebody's going to lose, you know? And so it's like, is it somebody that didn't do their due diligence that got into it because they wanted to make a quick buck and make as much money as they possibly can? Well, maybe their intentions really weren't that altruistic in the first place. True. You know, where you got these hedge fund guys, there's going to be some really big losers in the hedge fund guys. Billions but, already. Right. There's there, But now, this is what I see, there's another billionaire that's like, oh, okay, I wasn't in on the GameStop short. I wasn't in on it back then, and thank fucking God I wasn't. But now... I'm going to get in on the GameStop short because it's fucking 400. And and these guys on Reddit, how many of them have enough money to push it to five, to push it to six, yeah. right? How high is it really going to get? You know, maybe 400 is the crest and there's a billionaire out there going, okay, I'm going to drop a cool mill on this at $400 a share because I know these guys can't hold the line. Not for, yeah. not for that long. So... I'm going to wait till it starts. Like, there's guys that know this shit. They know the curve. And when you see the big drop, somebody who's got, say, say someone who spent, I don't know, $10,000 in Reddit, and they bought it at 25 bucks a share, and now it's 400 That guy's looking at that money, and he's like, yeah. oh, man, you know what I could do? I would be set for life. My family would be set for life. That's millions of dollars. Fuck it. Yep. I'm, I'm, I'm going to do it. 
So, and that's what your trigger, what you're talking about is like that first big sell. Everybody's going to be like, okay, if it's not coordinated, bam, 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 everybody's going to start dropping. And there's going to be another billionaire that's going to be, he's going to make $10 billion. Yeah, he's going to short it. He's going to short it. It'll happen. It's going to make millionaires and it's going to make other millionaires. It's going to make millionaires on the way up and it's going to make millionaires on the way down. It's it, if, uh, Yeah, and unfortunately, the ones that it's going to make millionaires on the way down, most of them are already millionaires. Yep. And that's that's the problem. I was I was reading this article and it said um, the top ten wealthiest people in the world increased their wealth by a thousand percent during the during the twenty twenty pandemic series, and it's like, but that's your top ten winners, and then you got three hundred and forty million losers or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, and so that's where the less losers for me comes in, you know, it's like. Those guys that are the winners, that's that shouldn't ever happen. There shouldn't be a way to capitalize on suffering. That's the problem I have with with like the billionaires now. I didn't like the fact that there were so many billionaires in the first place, but for the ones who built their shit from the ground up, struggled, had great fucking ideas, and 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 took a part of capitalism and, and created this this amazing thing that they've created, that's fucking good on you. You know, great. But the people that capitalize on the suffering of others to create larger wealth for themselves, that's fucked. And that's the part of capitalism that's so wrong, I think. You know, when they talk about socialism, capitalism, it's like there's there's a middle ground where less people get get screwed, you know, I think. And 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 we need we need someone to to step up and, and find that middle ground, you know, a leader. Who's our leaders now? They're all part of that upper ground. Yeah. They're all part of those people that are part of the ten. You know, they're not. They're not part of the people that are that are getting exposed and getting and, and made to suffer at someone else's game. You know, so it's. I love what's happening with Reddit. I love what's <laughs> happening with GameStop. I think it's fantastic. I think it's exposing a lot of truths out there. Um that I think people already know. You know, so that's another good point. It's like so many people already know that those those people are are are, are making money off of everybody else's losing. So so what do you do next? What's next after this, Kyle? I don't know. You know, what's what's the next move if it doesn't, you know, cuz they're they're going to bankrupt some people, you know, but but they're not going to bankrupt all the billionaires. No, and again, that's where I wonder. I have, I have a really poor feeling of pretty much most f- national Congress people, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I just, what do you mean poor feeling? Like, let's, I just let's, feel like they're all like, yeah, they tell, have, tell me how you really feel. They have different ideals or different visions but they're all part of the same like if we had to wager and again i really should do research on this what do you think the median net worth of a politician is on a national level on a like a congressman yeah oh i'd say probably a couple million exactly yeah exactly yeah what you know what the average or median i don't know household income in the united states is uh like 
45, 50,000. I think it's, I think it's up to like 58 or something like that. Okay. So most couples. Two income households. Two income. Every household. Two income houses. Two income. Yeah. Across the United States is making in, let's just round up and say 60. And this, and for the record, this, these aren't facts. These are my guesses. Yeah. And, and I know, th- and I know that not every household is a two income yeah, household. And I get it's, that. And I get, it depends where you live. I get, there's a lot of variabilities here, yeah. but at the end of the day, what the hell does a congressman make for what ends up being like 40 days of work? Right. Well, so they're making six figures easy and yeah. they're all net worth over a million because they get all these other endorsements or they make money in on the other. Like, are you going to really tell me that I'm supposed to trust you as you continuously sit here and make bank? To represent an average person. Because at the end of the day, going back to this GameStop thing, the billionaires are friends with the other billionaires, and they're friends with the millionaires, and all those millionaires are sitting in power. And I wouldn't be surprised if even though people are going to put up a fit and say, oh, we can only do so much for these people, but at the end of the day, if we don't do this, here's some excuse, we'll bail them out. And those people who who lost billions, here's a nice little check paid to you by the citizens of the United States of America. Mm -hmm. Keep fucking us. And that's the negativeness in me. And that's why I hang out with you. Because <laughs> you're the positive vibes right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, so, so what I was thinking about when you're saying that is like, to me, and this is my optimist coming out, is that, um, oh, little nugget, man. Just a little nugget. I listened to this, this interview with Michael J. Fox. Um, and... Uh, you know he's 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 been struggling physically for a long time, and he's got this this powerful mindset that he he said basically he says without gratitude you can't have optimism, and I love that so much because because if you have gratitude for where you're at you can believe that there's there's something better you know but if you're if you're really down about where you're at then you can believe it's going to be worse. You know, so it's like, it only goes downhill from here. You know, it's like, but if you have gratitude, like I have, I've been beaming and just soaking up the gratitude, just, ah, man, I have so, so much gratitude for the people in my life. And it's mostly people. It's like, I don't have much gratitude for shit, except for this dope setup. I have so (laughs) much gratitude for this, but I have gratitude for you for creating this. Anyway, so that's where a lot of my positive vibes come from is my gratitude. But, uh, uh. How many of those politicians, how many of those Congress people, congressmen, congresswomen, how many start out, started out with, with, the, with the good juice, like with the good ideals? How many of them got into that position and slowly morphed into this other thing? Because I, I got to believe that like when, you, when, you, when you're a young person and you're like, oh, I'm going to be a politician, it's like, what percent of them actually think about being a politician so they can be this great all-powerful asshole that controls people like marionette puppets? And and what percentage of them are like, I don't like what I see in the world and I want to make a difference. I really believe that so many of them start out at a level of wanting to make a difference saying, fuck, my grandparents, my grandma got cancer and, and, and it, it wrecked my whole family because they went into a home and they couldn't afford a home. And so my dad had to help them out. And then we moved them in here. And then my sisters had to move into the basement and all this crazy shit happens. And it's just like, nobody should ever go bankrupt because they get sick. So I'm going to go out there and I'm going to do something about it. I'm going to, I'm going to devote my life to, to, to reforming healthcare. So the only way I can do that is to become a congressperson so I can get in there and I can put down a fucking vote. 
So I believe, I want to believe in my heart so badly that so many of these people start out just like that, that they have this passion in their heart to make things better. And then they get into this fuck system of good old boys, you know, that like run the show because they've been in it so long and they know how to pull the strings just the right way. So they can do well, their family does well, their constituents, mm, maybe they don't get everything they want, but you can't get everything you want in politics, right? You can't fight for all of your ideals. You have to give up on some of them to get some of them. That's like the whole give and take, right? Yeah, I agree. I think if you're a politician, I'm assuming, and without knowing any of you personally, (laughs) that you go into it for the right reasons. But I think it's just, it's a web of shit that you have to navigate and you're going to get shit on you. If you want to get to the end of the tunnel, you're going to have to pass through some weird stuff. And I think it's really easy to pass through that stuff and let it stay on your shoulder. Meaning, Oh, I need to befriend this person in order to get him on my side. Oh, what do you need? Oh, this. And I'm not saying necessarily corrupt, but mm-hmm. I'm saying I'm willing to bend on this right, in order to get this. And if you're willing to bend on that to get that one other thing, well, if something bigger, well, I have this idea. If my end goal is to cure cancer, mm-hmm. but I'm willing to do anything to cure cancer, I'm willing to throw away this, 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 and this for that one ideal, that one reason right. I got in. And you just get into a situation of, it's it's just, yeah, I don't know. It's 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 a toxic yeah. fucking mess. And it's like you're, you're swimming with sharks every single day, every day. So, um I heard an interview with Tulsi Gabbard. She ran for president um, yep. on the Democratic ticket, yep. I think. Yeah. Um, and she was a congresswoman. She was. I don't think she is anymore. No, she was. She was a congresswoman. Um, and uh, and she said that when she would, they would go into session, she said, it's like fucking high school. She said there'd be a little click of five people over here, and there'd be a little click of five people over there, and they'd be talking about all these things. And then they would look at somebody, and they'd kind of give them a nod. And they'd bring them into their inner circle for a second. And the person that's getting brought in, it's like, oh, do I want to let do I want to let that group see me talking to those people? And if I get into those people, it's like, what do they want from me? You know, it's like, I know that guy, he's in charge of five fucking votes on this gun bill. Mm-hmm. And I really, really need this gun bill to, to, to fly. So I'm going to be willing to to like set my pride aside because I've got some anti-gun people over here that I don't want them to see me because they really are on my side for my health care bill. And so it's like when, when there's no transparency, and I think that's the problem, when there's no transparency and these guys are making millions of dollars every year off of it, they're going to keep doing that because they're winning, you know, and they lose sight of the people who are losing. And they think, I'm sure there are some of them that think they're doing great fucking things, but the problem is, is that they're not living in that life anymore. Just nope. like when we were talking about with our teenage kids, you're not there anymore. You're not, you're not sharing that space with them. You don't know what that feels like anymore. You don't know what it feels like to have to work two jobs to go home to feed your kids when, when you're feeding them with fucking ramen, you know, or, or, or whatever. Or, or your grandparents are sick and they can't afford health care, so they're going to be stuck in a house without treatment. You know, it's, they don't know what it feels like anymore. So, so if you take away their money or the, the amount that they get, lessen it, don't make it for life, make it for now. So when it's time to get reelected, they got to stick by the people that voted them in. Then you change shit. Yep. You know, this, this whole lifetime appointment shit is like bananas to me. I don't understand that at all. 
Meaning you want term limits? Yeah. Yeah. I think I think that's one of the biggest keys out there is term limits. I agree. God, how do we get the politics? <laughs> you know, but it's, it's not to hark on what we talked about last week. So there's a couple politicians that I know keep reintroducing uh, term limits. Ted Cruz, Texas, mm-hmm. right? He keeps throwing it in there. But the response is, agreed, you should fucking resign. Get out now. It's like, that defeats the whole, like, well, the, there's so much hate there that it's just like, yeah, we agree, you should get out. But it, it it's not what he, I mean. He's not saying, that he's not, that's not what he's saying. So I get that. He's, his voice would be muted if he resigned. He w- there would be nobody throwing in the term limits card into the ring. Exactly. So maybe that's his thing. Maybe he's just sticking it out to get his one thing done. Uh, you know. have a lot more faith in Ted Cruz than I do. <laughs> I don't have faith in any of them. <laughs> so I think they have a thing. And, I, and, I, and, and, and for all the things about Ted Cruz that maybe I don't agree with, that he wants term limits is something that I can stand behind wholeheartedly. I can as well. And I think my point in bringing that up is I think a lot of people could. But then there's these comments f- that go against just coming together to do it. Okay, so what's it take? That's the whole thing. You know, the uh, these groundswell things that are happening that are disrupting society as we know it, the, this Reddit thing, even the Capitol thing, had it not gone to the violent side of it, thousands and thousands of people hearing their, having their voice heard, if that was a more common occurrence... If these things, people figured out ways to make people feel it a little bit more, then, because there's 350 million of us, yeah, and there's 500 of them, or, or however many congressmen, senators, and, and, and it's, we have the power, and this is, I think this is proving it, the whole Reddit thing, the whole GameStop stock market thing, people are proving where the power really lies. It lies in people with an extra five grand in their bank account, not the people with an extra billion in their bank account. Because at the end of the day, you're just one voice, you know, as opposed to a collective voice coming together to be heard as a larger voice. And I think if if there was a way to, to, to right now, regardless of term limits, we know term limits aren't coming anytime soon, if ever. How do we... How do we how do we get the voice heard to where people aren't wanting to murder each other verbally and 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 uh, career wise to 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 be on top to be a winner you know how do we get those guys out how do we or how do we change their mind how do we get them to see more things it's got to it's got to be real to them and their family the first one of their family members that dies from coronavirus you better believe them fuckers are going to be wearing a mask every single day yep. every day they're going to show up on the floor and they're going to be like why aren't you wearing a mask fred it's like your kid didn't die you know that's that's what it's going to take is they got to feel it and how do they feel it other than in their pocket right now that's the only way you can get to them yeah, that's the only way we can get to politicians. Because I think I think on a large scale, you have more of these more conversations with people who are willing to be open-minded, non-judgmental, and not just come in with blah 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 blah. F you, no blah 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 blah. I like that. Oh, yeah, that, <laughs> that, that's the new name of this podcast. <laughs> blah, 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 blah. <laughs> no f you. You got to add that to it too. No, I, yeah, no. So if, if you, 
if you could shift, and I think there's a ton of us out there, and by us, I'm not saying right or left. I'm saying people willing to talk and be non-judgmental and not hate someone else for having a different opinion. I'm saying those types of people, right? Okay. If those people would continue a conversation and be vocal in their conver- conversing of it, because I feel like, especially on social medias, the people like you, the people like me, who regardless of what side you sit, but someone who's willing to have a conversation just like we're doing now, mm-hmm. stay silent because it's not worth sitting in that shithole. Right, because it's, because it's not a conversation. That's the difference. It's like, those are not conversations. So, But if you could get the people who are willing to talk like we are to be more open about it, mm-hmm. then you might actually have a movement of, and maybe moderate, moderate, moderates is the wrong word, but you might get somewhere because people might actually hear something that they don't hear in their little inner circle right now. And again, this is kind of touching on what you talked about last week is, you know, in, in social media land, you're just surrounded by like-minded people because why would you put yourself in a situation to hear something you don't want to hear and feel that negativity, right? Well, people do that. I think the people will put themselves in a position to just to piss them off. Sure. You know, it's like, I'll, but they don't go in it with an open mindset to have a conversation. They no, go no. in it with the mindset to stir a pot or to piss someone else off or, or to get pissed to off, get pissed to, off. To, to reaffirm their beliefs. I think people love getting into situations where they just want to hear all the people that they don't like so they can get more steadfast in the, in their, in their beliefs. What is it like a moral justification? Like I am morally right. And so if I hear all these other people, it'll just increase my moral righteousness. No, I don't. I think, I think morality has not has zero to do with it. I think it's fundamentally right. I think morally that's where people can connect. But the problem is, is nobody talks about morals. They talk about fundamentals. They talk about what they believe in that's that's fundamentally right and wrong. Capitalism, socialism. It's like this is this is the right thing to do fundamentally, and this is how you're going to do it. And you're fucking wrong for thinking differently. But if they actually talked about down to nitty gritty morals, like at the base level of what's morally right and wrong, is it? Is it morally right for someone to throw rocks at a dog? Nobody's going to say, fuck yeah, that's right. Nobody is. Some asshole might. but yeah. Well, <laughs> he might do it just to stir the fucking pot. Exactly. You know, but, but it's like you can connect people on morals, I think, if you break it down to the most fundamental base morals of humanity. We all agree on certain things. Well, maybe, you know? that's, the, maybe that's the problem. Maybe people just don't know how to talk. Maybe they don't know how to set a standard like, okay, before we even talk about, I don't know, let's just throw out a thing, and I'm not looking to get into this, just to be clear. Let's talk about healthcare yep. and what your views are. Mm. On a, before we even discuss how we're going to get to the, the end goal, can we agree that the end goal is to have healthier people live longer? Yeah. Right? Is right. that a common ground? Yep. Okay, now we can differ on the steps to get to that point. Right. But that end goal... There isn't a question on what that end goal is. Gun violence. Whatever your stance is on weapons, I don't think anyone who owns firearms would say, I do not want to see... Uh, no one with firearms would say, oh yeah, school shootings are great. Right. No one with firearms would say, yeah, inner city gang violence is great. Like Those are things that are agreeable. Now the steps to get to less school shootings or less gang violence may differ greatly. Yeah. But at the end of the day, 
the end result, no one is questioning. And if so, if you can start a conversation with, I think we need to get to this place and you, and it's this, a common ground place, mm-hmm. that's where you can start a conversation. Well, yeah. Yeah. That, and, and I don't think people do that though. No, because, because, because they're not talking like this. Correct. They're, they're talking, they're talking, uh, first off, they're talking to, like we talked about before, they're in echo chambers. You know, they're in there and they're surrounding themselves with people who say the same things. So it's easy to talk to those people, it's, but it's, it's not a difficult conversation. It's someone who affirms all your beliefs or they go into those places on social media and, and social media. I think that's the whole thing for me is it's not a conversation. It's not no, it's, because you can't have a real conversation. So how much of, how much of a conversation is body language? How much of it is seeing somebody's face and how they're reacting? Now granted, you know, I'm you giving you the finger right now. The people just can't see it. <laughs> really? That's the whole thing. It's like, you know, we're relaxed. We're not confrontational. We're, we're like, we can disagree on things and still have an understanding that we're just face to face because people, I can guarantee you 90% of the people that say the fucking horrible things that they say to each other on social media would never do that to somebody's face. They wouldn't sit down at a table and say these horrible things because it's real then, it's visceral, it's it's emotional, and you're feeling something and you're seeing how someone else is reacting to it. And, and like if you tear somebody apart verbally, you don't want to see them. If you see them hurting and you see what you're doing to them, it's going to change how you're reacting. I think way more people would be able to find that base of common ground if they actually had a conversation. So with 350 million people, how do you have a conversation that, that, that uh, brings together the 175 and the 175, you know, how do you, you know, you have leaders. I think that's why we have leaders is to have a voice that does find common ground, the voice that starts with common ground and then builds from there. You know, unfortunately, so many of our leadership voices don't start on common ground. They start on their own specific ideals and they build off of that because their base wants them to, because that's how they stay there. I agree. So, so, so what can, what, I mean, we need to elect better leaders. Yeah. We need to much. elect better leaders. We need to stop making it about a popularity contest. We need to get the billions of dollars out of politics that, that create these nasty ads and all the bullshit that goes into it and break it down to who is this person and what they believe in. People fuck up. People have a past, you know, it's like. That Trudeau dude, he he got those pictures of him in blackface at a party when he was in college, and it's like he got eviscerated for that. And it's like people make mistakes. Who are you right now? Yeah. Like, what do you and believe in right now? So, so go ahead. Sorry. No, I was just gonna say, but people are so quick to, we'll call it cancel culture. Oh man, yeah. But at the time, was it acceptable? At the time, like, what were the motives? Was it to? De- I mean, you talk about kids dress. There was a big thing where kids were dressing up for Halloween to emulate someone they loved and they're getting destroyed for it. Like some little girl wants to dress up like Whitney Houston mm-hmm. cause she loves Whitney Houston. Yep. Like I get changing the color. Like I get that side, but at the same time she doesn't, she just wants to be her hero. Right. She's not, it's not a negative thing. Well, if anything, it's a positive because it's, it's a, it's a, it's a little child seeing the beauty in somebody that doesn't look like her. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's the biggest thing that that I understand. Not the biggest thing. It's one of the big things I understand is that with kids is when they look at their idols, they tend to, to, to search, out, search out people that look like them, you know? So, 
um, one of the one of the issues that uh, um, I've read about. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna say this with all the all the naiveness and understanding that I am a white man, um, and I don't know the actual feelings and emotions that go with being a young black person. I don't. But what I understand is that when you're a young minority, I say black, but a minority in general. When you go out and you look in the world and you look at television and you look at toys and you look at all the things you play with and there's nothing there that looks like you, well, what are you supposed to identify with? Who's your hero? Who's the person you look up to when nobody looks like you? That's why when that Black Panther movie came out, it made such a huge difference. I watched this thing with Chadwick Boswick and people were talking to his poster. It was like this little gotcha kind of kind of thing. And these people were like, thank you for showing us a powerful black man in, in the movies. Like, yes, it's a movie, but it's so, it's so symbolic of what people need to see, that there's powerful people in every skin color, in every ethnicity, and, and, and they need to have somebody to look up to. You know, it's like Michael Jordan and, and basketball and, and, and uh, uh, Russell Wilson and football, and like you, you have these people that represent something greater, for these young, influential minds. And so if someone wants to dress up like Whitney Houston, that's the most amazing thing because it's a child looking up to somebody who doesn't look like them. How perfect and beautiful is that? Yeah. And then you're going to tear it down? I don't disagree. Come, come on. So, I think I think a lot of this, I'll, I'll call it cancel culture, but it's just, it's ridiculous. I, I was thinking, and I, not to totally backtrack, but so you had, you know, we were talking about those people who jump on social media just to say something negative. I'd be interested in the psychology of that in the sense that, you know, people who maybe it's a, it's a common antidote that it's like, okay, people just tear you down because they hate themselves or whatever. But I also wonder, you know, going back to the beginning of this conversation, we were talking about maybe a teenager who cuts and cause they just want to feel something. Mm-hmm. I wonder if there's some weird psychology level of, People tear down other people because they want to feel something. Well, yeah, they want to feel. I, I, I they want to feel that power. They want to feel powerful. They want to feel like they, they're they're important. You know, somewhere in their lives, they don't feel like they're valid. They don't feel like their voice is being heard, and so they're going to find a way to make it heard, even if it's negative. That's what I think. Yeah, I think it's it's uh it's like when when somebody cuts, and then and then someone else sees them after they've cut then they've got some power because they, 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 they got somebody who's listening to them. And it's the only way they can get people to listen to them is by self-harm and showing other people where they're at. Because maybe they don't have the words. Maybe they don't have the ability to express themselves in that way. And maybe they are expressing themselves that way, but they don't have anybody that they can express themselves to that are listening. So I think it's, it is a power thing. And I think going to the point of the social media where you have somebody who's tearing somebody down, it's like, they feel powerful because their words are affecting somebody else's emotion. They're getting a rise out of somebody. It's like people who like to throw diesel on the fire. You know, it's like, it's like, look at me, look what I can do. I can make the flames bigger. I have control over something, you know? So are those people just that they don't have that much control over their lives? They want to have control over even the smallest things. So it's somebody else on the social media platform. But that's what I'm saying. It's like in a face to face, like you mentioned before, when you're sitting down and having a conversation, what do you, do you really want that control anymore? Do you want that power now that you know and you can feel what it makes somebody feel like? It's like, ha ha, I pissed you off. Ha ha, you're a loser. You know? See, I don't think so. 
You don't think so? You think that they would still do the same thing? Or No, I'm sorry. I was going to say, I feel like, like in a conversation like us, if there's something weighing on me, mm-hmm. I'm comfortable enough to talk about it openly and be vulnerable with you in person. Mm-hmm. There's something there. I do want to put it out there. If anyone is listening to this and you're going through something, I'm just going to throw it out there. Suicide hotline, 1-800-273-8255. Yeah, man. Thank you for that. Someone loves you. I love you. I don't even know you. But someone's there to listen. And there's so many ways to get around or through whatever you're feeling. There's people who care. So I just want to throw that out there. Yeah. Thank you for that. No, that's, that that's, 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 that's a really great point because... I, the 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 lack of of access to this to this conversation to the people who will have conversations is is getting greater and greater because people they're losing the skill of having conversations they're losing it's not part of how they grew up they didn't people like i look at my my kids like my older kids they have friends that they talk to a lot but my younger kids it's all online it's all verbal it's all text it's all typing on the keyboard it's all through a mic through a headset through a video game and and if you've my youngest son's 14 and not to say him specifically um he does have a lot of this conversation that's his most social interaction is through a device with people that may be on the other side of the globe it's interesting so he's got this friend who lives in arkansas and Arkansas, he, Arkansas. He lives in Arkansas, and uh, I think it's Arkansas. It's, it is. Might, it it right. might be. It might be Kansas. Where the fuck? Wherever he lives, and 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 uh, he's like, yeah, he's, he lives on a farm, and it's like you know, he wouldn't believe it. His parents make him do chores and all these things, and it's like, and, and he's playing this game like you play with your buddy. And I'm not gonna say his name, but he says, hey, we'll, I'll call him Ben. It's like, are you playing with Ben today? And he's like, no, he's hunting. I'm like he's hunting. He's like, yeah, he goes hunting for like ten days with his family all the time. It's like this is what they do and all these things. I'm like, oh, that sounds kind of cool. What are they hunting? He's like, I think they hunt like pigs and stuff. I'm like, oh, okay. You know, I'm like, I'm like you think ever one day you're going to want to like go visit him, like meet him? And he's like, no. I go, really? I'm like, why not? And he's <laughs> like, weird. he's like, what are we going to talk about? He's like, all we ever talk about is this game we play. And I'm like, yeah, but you might figure out that you got other things in common. And he might be like a really cool dude. And, and like, then you got this buddy that lives in Arkansas that, like if you're ever traveling through, you can stop by and have a beer with him. And he's just like, why would I want to do that? <laughs> and I'm like, because you're human, you know, but, but it's like, it's so foreign that idea, that thought process around wanting to shake somebody's hand and sit in a room with them and have a conversation that doesn't involve a keyboard and a video game. Yeah. It's how scary is that? Cause then you're going to feel something, Yeah, you know, you're going to like, you're going to have an emotion and it's like, you don't know what to do with emotions. You know, because emotions are scary. You go to school and you see a pretty girl and you're 14 years old and you have emotions like, oh my God, what is this bullshit? (laughs) (laughs) You know? And so it's like, we're going to, I don't want to project this. I hope we do not have a generation or two generations of young adults that don't know how to communicate in, in, in the, in real life. I say this, Mike used to piss them off so bad because they say IRL on their mm-hmm. video games, mm-hmm. IRL. And, and so I'll say, I'll say in the IRL and they're saying, no, 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 you can't say it like that. I'm like, I say it any way I want to. I'm living in the IRL and they're like, Oh my God, please stop saying that. But I, I, the fact that there's an acronym for in real life says a lot. Yeah. I, I agree. Mean, That's weird. Come on. It, it's like, you gotta, you gotta say, do you want to meet up IRL? 
And it's like, what, why do you have to say that? Why don't you say, you want to go, you want to <laughs> go to the park? You want to go throw a football? You know, it's like in the IRL or on, on here, you know, it's like, that's where we live. That's, you yeah, know, it's true. So, so that's why there's so, so there, that's why, so I'm, I'm a sports guy. There's so much value in my mind to youth being part of something and generally speaking that's sports because there's just that regular interaction of those people who you become super close with right i played hockey growing up mm -hmm. the, the my team was my team those yeah. are my guys and you know i look to what we do here at the club and it's it's no different than our guys group sessions um but it's that in in person IRL interactions, mm -hmm. it's that com conversation, and at I mean on a sports team, I think there's a lot of uh, struggle that happens over the course of a season that just bonds that team. No different than when we go camping and we mm -hmm. put those guys in some situations where yeah. they have to they're forced to work together and to to see each other's weaknesses and to to become one in order to accomplish a task. Mm -hmm. Is it so? I have a little bit of pushback on that. Okay. So I I feel like that's an experience that's not universal in sports. That's true. Um, there's I think that um, and I I think it, it's it's more now than it was when you and I were in high school, and I'm ten years older than you are. So when I was in high school, when I had a high school team, I didn't feel a brotherhood with my high school team. I I played football. And I played a little bit of basketball. Um, I sucked at basketball. Um, and 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 when I played football, there was a couple of guys that were my friends already, that we were about the same skill level, and 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 so there was like on the field, there's a a a, a brotherhood. There's a pact that you make with your teammates that you're gonna do everything you can to achieve this goal. But it didn't translate off the field for me. <laughs> it was only when I was there. Outside of there, I was still the fat kid that got picked on. And and I and I think that is part of the environment that got created by the coaching staff and the school. But now I think that it's even harder to create that environment because high school sports have gotten so competitive. And they start being competitive at such a young age now, beyond high school, middle school, grade school sports. Look at Mesa soccer. The level of competition in Mesa soccer for seven-year-olds is off the charts. Like every seven-year-old kid that plays Mesa soccer wants to be Pele, you know? And it's like, wait a minute. What happened to teaching camaraderie? What happened to teaching communication skills? What happened to teaching being in difficult situations and rising up together? You know, I think it's changed. I think interesting. I, that's a great. That's a great point. And uh, yeah, I guess all I can say is that's my thoughts on my own experience. Well, and, and I, others' experiences may vary. I I think that a lot of people have that exact same experience. I I do believe that. I'm not saying that that um that isn't a truth. It's but it's not a universal truth. It's not a universal truth. And I think that, and and I and I say this. Not to say that I don't think I don't. I'm not saying that I don't think that people should do sports when they're kids. I think they should. I think it's important for both of those reasons. For the reason that you may find 
that brotherhood. You may find those, uh, or sisterhood, you may find that level of connection that you will never get playing a video game. You will also find difficulties in the struggle internally that you will never find in that video game. You're going to suck sometimes and people are going to be hard on you or they're going to pick you up. One of those things is going to happen and, and you won't ever get that any other way. So it's imperative that kids come together, even if it's for the, in the name of hockey, football, basketball, soccer, whatever, to know what it feels like to have your emotions raw and exposed in front of all these people and you don't have a choice, you can't just run away and hide, is, is invaluable. You know, my, my kid, my oldest boy, play these traveling soccer teams. And uh, one day, he's like, I never thought of him as like a hot-headed kid, you know. He's just like, he's passionate about soccer. He's out there doing his thing. He's, he's very much by the rules. He's doing everything he's supposed to do. He's not going to cheat. And it pisses him off when people cheat. And all, this, <laughs> all of a sudden, I see him. He's just fucking raging mad. And he hauls off and he kicks this girl right in the leg. <laughs> like, kicks her hard. He gets a red card and gets tossed out of the game. I'm like, what the hell? And he comes out. He goes, she kept stomping on my foot, Dad. Every time I turned around, this girl would stomp on my foot with her cleats, and it hurt. And I kept telling the ref, she's stomping on my foot, and the ref wouldn't listen. So finally, I just told her, fuck it. And I kicked her as hard as I could because she needed to stop. And it's like, when else are you going to get that at 11 years old? When are you ever going to be put in a position to, A, be the girl that is so ruthless that she's going to stomp on somebody's foot just to just to show them who the fuck's boss? And then be put in a position where you can retaliate. You can you can choose to do the right thing. You can talk to the ref, or you can just knock her out. You do whatever you want. There's that's life every single day. You know, it's like you have these opportunities in life to do the right thing, to follow the rules, or to do the wrong thing, or be a little vicious to get what you want. I was gonna say that's ruthless. But yeah. That's ruthless. <laughs> it is, man. It's hardcore. But it's like those people exist. Who the hell's coaching your eleven-year-old soccer team? Some some dad. Well, it used to be some, but you know, it used to be a dad. I know it's a guy who has no idea what he's doing. No, 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 no. So I think that in in, in the traveling Mesa leagues, it's oh, very much people who are very passionate about soccer. Stuff, it's, yeah. com- it's very competitive. So I think the dads and the moms that are coaching those soccer teams, they know what they're doing. Like rec league, it's just you know that's like, my style, baby. Yeah, Free t shirt. That's right. Jump out there. You're a tornado today. Yeah. Boom. See, and I like that too. I like that because it's more about the interaction and, and less about the pressure to win. You know, I think when they're, when they're young, they need to learn the social skills. I think if all you do is run drills all day long, and if somebody's not very good that day, they get cut from the team. That does not teach kids when they're young what it's like. That's not the point of the sport in my mind, of teaching sports. You're teaching about teamwork. You're teaching about working together with other people and and through a common goal and being able to understand what sacrifice means. Like, yeah, I'm willing to sit on the bench because I'm not on my A game today. You know, that's okay because I can come back tomorrow because I'm not going to get ostracized for it. Whereas when this gets super competitive and you're not on your A game, people are going to eviscerate you. You know, what's wrong with you? You're a piece of shit. All these things, I've seen it. Coaches do it. Railing on kids when they're not playing their A game. And it's just like, you're putting way too much pressure on a young, influential child. Yeah. 
to 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 compete at a level. How do we get to soccer? Oh, sports and and learning how to work together and yeah, we did this. We, we can go fucking anywhere, baby. I know, man. <laughs> That's the beauty of this. Um, Here's what I do know, my friend. Yeah. I love you. I appreciate you. Love you too, man. This Thanks is... for bringing the positivity today. <laughs> bringing the love, man. Bring yeah. The love. Yeah. You're welcome. No, it's just, I just, I want to, I want to embody that. It's my goal. Just want to embody positivity and joy and, and bring that wherever I go and, and I think you get it back. I get it back from you, man. That's like that's that's my gold. It's my gold. Well, I like it. Yeah, me too. All right. Is that it? This has been a good conversation. Yeah, we're gonna wrap this up. All right, man. Wrap this baby up. We'll see you same place, same time next week. Yeah, I think so. I mean, who who knows? Who, who knows? Who knows? Next week's gonna be next week. I, all I know is this: is that we'll be back. We'll be back. We'll be back. I love doing this. This is uh, uh this this conversation with kyle and ike i love it man it feeds my soul and and is that uh, the name did we just come up with a name the conversation with kyle and ike maybe we should maybe we should go like weird movie title like kyle and ike the conversation hey (laughs) here's the thing though if you look back to episode one so long ago we put on so many miles since then go back to episode one look what you called it Kyle and Ike conversation. I like I that. called it Kyle and Ike chat. I think because I couldn't spell conversation. Mm-hmm. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I don't know. I think you. I think your your phonics were on. Um, I, I like it. I like it's it. been one week, and I feel like I've learned so much. And this <laughs> and this thing has progressed so much more already. Yeah. How how far into this thing? How long have we been going here? Hour and fifty minutes. Hour and fifty minutes. Yeah. Hey, if you're still listening. I appreciate you. <laughs> no shit. If <laughs> no you've made it this far, you deserve a medal. You deserve some kind of, I don't know, high five, some good, much love to you. Here we go. Air high five in three, two, one. You made the noise. I, well, I'm, I'm hoping if you're listening, you just did it with us. Oh, Ooh, that's kind of nice. They're just going to, they're going to air oh. high five when we air five. Yeah. I like the first noise better. <laughs> 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 oh shit. All right, man. Let's All wrap right. this up. All right. See you later, bro. Bye.